0: What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the Cantina. I'll take a half cap spotchka, lightweight. Here's your free
1: audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible.
0: Or getting your Pod Racer serviced.
1: My Pod Racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer.
0: And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way. But there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash Audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash Audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today.
2: Hi, I'm E.K. Johnston, author of Star Wars Ahsoka, Queen's Shadow, and Queen's Carol, and you're listening to The Living Force Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Hello there, a Utini production. I've been trained in your Jedi arts. Episode number sixty: Writers of Color in Star Wars. Looking, found someone you have. I would say. <laughs> On this episode, new Patreon subscribers. <laughs> New reviews of Queen's Peril. We need your help. And the Utini team talks about what diversity writers do you want to see involved in the world of Star Wars novels. The Emperor's made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. And now, here are your hosts. Look who it is. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Wes Jenkins.
1: Hey, everyone. Happy Monday night. Welcome to to The Living Force. Uh, tonight is going to be a celebration of black writers and other writers of color in Star Wars. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is only one doctor, Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man
2: what's up man good uh good to see you buddy it's uh it's been a while
1: it Getting has for yeah it's been a while it's been it's been, a, it's been a week it's been a very long week um full of a lot of, of huge events that i'm gonna get into in just a little bit but i also want to point out we do have west jenkins our man behind the key hey west how's it going
2: what's going on all you cool rats i figured i would give everybody the call this uh this week because they, y'all thought I said something that I didn't on Discord. So, cool rats. What's up?
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have your lovely mic audio. Um, and, and oh, I it's see it's so clean. It's so clean. <laughs> and in our chat, we already have Adam. We have Meg. We have Carl. We have Cheryl. We have Emma. We have Patrick. Uh, we have Jedi Murphy. Everyone, we're so glad to see you. Um, we know it's been a really hard Couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months for a lot of people, and we're gonna give you some some uplifting ideas. Um hopefully kinda get your spirits up, but also give us some information so we can all grow a little together. Um so right off the bat, we want to acknowledge that we are tonight three uh white guys talking about Star Wars most of the time. Um, but that does mean we have a little bit of a voice, we have a little bit of a privilege, and we want to use that tonight to help glorify some voices that may not always get that kind of privilege. So at the start of this episode, we want to make a couple things very clear as we go forward. Uh, we here at UTD and at the living forest absolutely believe that black lives matter. Uh, we don't think that's controversial. We think that's a pretty easy statement that everyone should be making. Uh, and if you don't support that, then you probably haven't been following us on social media for a week. Um, <laughs> yes, but yeah, we want to make that very clear. Um, I in, in Chicago, I've seen a lot of protesters um, all week uh, fighting against uh, a lot of the corrupt practices in our city and country uh, in the memory of George Floyd and others that have lost their lives. So that's where we stand uh, for this. And one thing I want to point out that we can all kind of chat about is our very own resistance leader, Finn himself, John Boyega, this week at Hyde Park in London. Did you guys see that video?
2: Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. Yeah, that was totally incredible. The speech that he gave is like one of the most moving speeches I've seen in like in all of this stuff. And like, and Eric, just to kind of echo before we really dive into that, echo you a little bit too. That some of those introductory statements, like we we like truly perfectly realize that we are a couple of white dudes talking about Star Wars, right? And we're we're a couple of white dudes talking about a sort of sensitive topic in a lot of ways. So you know, you have to the way that we can come out of can come at a topic such as you know what we're talking about this episode writers of color in star wars right we are very limited in how we can truly talk about this right i mean eric you can probably put it better than me but you know we have a certain privilege that is not afforded to other people so it feels both sort of honorable to talk about this but also sort of humbling to talk about this um and I hope that we can do so in a way that is both sensitive and informs and not in any way offensive, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think this past week has been – I mean, obviously, it's been so hard for so many people. It's been very tense, and it's brought up, up a lot of horrible memories for people. It's had a lot of horrible events for a lot of people They don't have the privileges that we have. But it's also, I think, been a great week of learning for a lot of people. I mean, I have learned about so many events oh in history Me I had no too. idea about. Um, there's been articles, there's been tweets, there's been videos, there's been podcasts. Um, even last week, uh, Charlie and I took the week off Ghost Crew, um, because we wanted to make sure that people spent that time listening to some podcasts made by black artists, um, that have a whole new perspective. So throughout this episode, we're going to try to be as respectful of that as possible and hopefully share a little hope for the future of Star Wars that can, you know, incorporate some of these other, um, viewpoints. I think that'd be very exciting. Yes, um,
2: absolutely. But to answer your question, yes, yes, John Boyega, oh my God, the absolute hero of the rebellion this week, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. man, this I, I loved the way he put it. Right, like before all that stuff happened, when he was like just starting to get heated on Twitter, he was like, he said, "F it, I might lose my job over this or something like that." But this is what I believe in, and yeah. like. Oh my gosh, and then he just did it, and then everybody has just totally poured out the support. Even the official Star Wars, everything official Star Wars is 100% behind John Boyega. Was that the homepage of Star Wars that you shared with me earlier, Eric? It was,
1: yeah. The homepage of StarWars.com is just a giant picture of Boyega at Hyde Park. Um, it's a gorgeous picture of him just speaking from his heart, and it's like Lucasfilm stands with John Boyega. So it It's is, beautiful. Yeah, that amount of support beautiful. is great.
2: It's very good to see people behind their... Like, people that you're not sure if they support what you believe in. Because, I mean, Eric, you know, being in this professional field, like, it's everything. Your reputation is absolutely Mm -hmm. everything. And if you blow it on a political statement, I mean, you're done. So, yeah, that was a big risk on Boyega's part. And I'm so, so incredibly impressed and humbled. Like, it was just such a such a glorious speech yeah
1: and it's been great seeing this community as well from writers to podcasters to actors and everyone kind of embrace john boyega and embrace a lot of the other people of color in the industry like kind of without question it has been a really inspiring moment for a lot of people in star wars to say yeah this galaxy is made up of so many people and they do not deserve these injustices and we will fight back as a resistance as a rebellion and it's been really really heartening um to see uh even today, Corey, let's, let's talk about something that happened literally today in Star Wars fandom. Um, this morning, again, we, we record these on Monday nights. So as of now, today is Monday, June 8th. And this morning, uh, a couple tweets came out courtesy of Lacey Gillerin over at the Resistance Broadcast. Uh, fantastic um, woman that she is. She was on our show last year, and she's been a great voice in Star Wars for a long time. Um, and she exposed some tweets of a guy who ran... Far, Far Away News, which was a kind of upcoming slash semi-relevant Star Wars news site that a lot of people wrote for, and it was very, it was some rough stuff. I mean, he, you can find the tweets on Twitter if you want to go looking for them. It was very big in the Star Wars community. He said some pretty awful things, pretty racist things, and the whole community kind of joined up as one and said, we will not stand for this in Star Wars. And like for a fandom that can't agree on literally anything, it was great to see this kind of moment to say no, we stand we do not stand for this. And it was wonderful to see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean <clears throat> the, the fan community is quite divisive about a lot of stuff. Like it, it really is. But it seems like at least Star Wars Twitter. Now, we have to we have, we do have to acknowledge that Star Wars Twitter is its own very small bubble. Absolutely in a, true. In a lot of ways, right? So We've said this a thousand times before. You cannot get on Twitter and be like, oh my gosh, everybody hates the rights of Skywalker. Because that's not true. And the box office numbers do not reflect that, right? right. So, of course, Star Wars Twitter does not represent everyone. But it looks like a lot of the reaction from Star Wars Twitter caused the sort of fallout that it does. And this is uh, you know, kind of a fairly close to home thing for us at Utini because one of our lead writers had kind of picked up some work with them recently mm-hmm. and was one of the first to walk away. And we were so incredibly impressed and she absolutely had our support. Yeah. And she voiced that on Twitter. And honestly, like selfishly, Utini got a lot of positive sort of <laughs> press for that because um, people were saying on Twitter today, you know, if you're looking for a positive community, then then this is one of them. And Utini is one of those communities. And that means a lot that, that we have fought to be inclusive and welcoming to everybody. And we believe in positivity and we, we're not just, we don't just say that like we actually believe it. And, right. and we try to make a conscious effort to make sure everything we put out, like including all of our personal social medias reflects that we're very positive about star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just, it was just a very humbling moment to see our, our entire community sort of rally behind all the writers that worked for them, like, it was just a really, really cool thing.
1: Yeah, and and on that note, Corey, I know you, you tweeted this out a little bit before we went live tonight, but you seem to have a specific message for a lot of those writers from far, far away.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I joked, I joked a little bit behind the scenes first, but then I was like, you know, actually, I, I actually mean this. Um, you know, anybody that works for Far, Far Away News that used to volunteer their time there you know, you got a job at Utini if you want it. <laughs> yeah. Of, of course, we'll have to go through an interview process and make sure you're a decent writer and all that good stuff. But I mean, we, there are so many fan communities out there that, that are looking for writers to participate. And, you know, if, if this goes really for anybody, not just the writers that were at far, far away news, if, if you are a positive individual interested in writing for Utini, then we can certainly talk and evaluate you. And we're a very open, inclusive community. Um, you know the, the big thing that I tweeted out, in addition to sort of this, uh, I will hire all the writers. <laughs> right. Thing, I I also said like, listen, if you are interested in, if you currently run a fan community or a YouTube channel or a podcast, anything in this space in the Star Wars space, like, and you want advice or consultation, I myself and I know basically our entire team is more than willing to do that like for Mm -hmm. free like if you want us to we have done a lot of stuff right we've learned how to we've created podcasts and youtube channels and live streams and web design and and we've built an online community in discord we've done a lot in the last couple years and we've we've learned a lot in the last couple years and that knowledge is free knowledge (laughs) it just took us a while to kind of absorb it And if you're interested in in doing these sorts of things and maybe starting your own fan community, that sort of stuff, and you want help, just reach out. We're more than happy to trade secrets, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, a small, I think, minority at this point of the Star Wars fan community that feels like they can't really share their share their viewers share their listeners share their community in a lot of ways. And that's ridiculous in my book. Like, like nobody owns anybody at Utini like for mm-hmm. sure. Like just because you're part of our community does not mean you can't be part of somebody else's community. So, you know, just reach out. I'm more than happy to help. And you know, I just want to make very clear that we just don't believe in gatekeeping at all. And that comes even for the business of this thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to help.
1: Yeah. And, and on that note of helping, I, I also want to say something that we usually say at the end of this podcast, uh, this show and this month at Utini and the Living Force is going to be a little different than usual because usually at the end of the show and at the beginning on the audio version, we talk about our Audible uh, credits that we can give to people. We talk about ad affiliates that we get a little bit of revenue from, um, and we wanted to start something new in June that for the entire month of June, any Audible kickback that we get – again, if you go to utini.com Audible, uh, you sign up with them, we usually get a kickback of like 10, 15 bucks – um anything we get from that will be immediately donated to black lives matter uh any book revenue we get from our amazon affiliates or any affiliate links on our site for the month of june will be donated directly to black lives matter um we again like we said at the top of the show we have for some reason a voice and an opportunity to talk in this community and to make a little money to keep this website going and we think this is something we can do to try to you know do a little more than lip service we love that everyone listens to the show we love hanging out with you on this show but this movement and these people need actual dollars so anything that you put towards Utini and living for us in the next month uh you should know that's where it's going to go we talked as a team extensively and we think this is the right thing to do so we will talk about that more also at the end of the show but just to, to prep you all on that uh that's where we're going to be going Speaking of uh, some other things in Utini news, Patreon-wise, we always like to update you guys on what's going on. Uh, we recently just got a new patron, uh, Andy Tateson, Tatison, Tatison, Tateson. Tateson, Tateson. Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to, to, uh, to the Living Force Patreon. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Uh, all, but You guys also may notice that the True Sepakura Legends Look Back episode is up, and after last week Uh, that charlie and i took this wednesday ghost crew is coming back uh we have recorded the episode already i think it's pretty good which means it's mostly charlie talking uh but i (laughs) i think it's going to be a a great episode so if you want any of that again uh it's going to be at utini.com patreon patreon.com slash utini and subscribe to this show you're going to get all that stuff talking star wars each week as usual a little bit of book news uh queen's peril which we didn't get to talk about as much last week because of obvious world events took precedent. Uh, E.K. Johnston herself made sure that people were talking about Black Lives Matter, were talking about authors of color. Um, she didn't want to take any spotlight for herself on that moment, which was great. Uh, we at UTN also took that kind of as a, as a sign to step back. So we want to let you know that now uh, the Queen's Peril review is up. And Corey, would you want to kind of walk people through a couple of the changes we made to the review format, because this review does not look like some of our other reviews in the past.
2: Yeah, it definitely doesn't look like other reviews in the past. We've we've made some big changes um kind of to our review structure of, like, major book reviews. So whenever a new book comes out, we try to, you know, we get advanced copies. We talk about the book as a team. We have a pretty advanced sort of process for going through the book together. We analyze the characters, the plot, uh, the originality, the writing, the entertainment. Like, we have a very structured, objective way that we review books. Um, Eric sort of leads the charge on that, um, and uh, we, we recently sort of revamped the way it looks on the site, so it looks cool. Um, check out the Queen Sparrow review; uh, it's got a nice, um, nice sort of breakdown, like within the text of how we scored every little thing, and it looks really great. Eric did a great job putting that piece together, and uh, it certainly reflects of our entire team's opinion.
1: So. Yeah, and uh, as we just saw in the Twitch comment uh, from Joxie himself, there is a nice banner image uh at the top of the of the article. Now every single review we have will have a united banner image that Joxy helped design that kind of grays out a bunch of book covers and the one it's about is all in full color. Uh, our signature evaporator is up there. Uh and as you scroll through the article as Corey said you get to see the num the numeric score of each part of the review. Um, so go ahead and go check that out. Uh, additionally on that um my interview with EK Johnston was up in your feeds last week. And we have a little uh, article with a little snippet of that, if you would like as well. So if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, you can head over to com and check out some of my favorite bits from the interview that I was lucky enough to have with author E.K. Johnston. In book news as well, uh, just a heads up for everyone. Uh, I know we talked about delays last week, but as far as we know, all these following books are still on schedule for this year. Uh, Shadowfall, the second Alphabet Squadron novel, which a lot of people are talking about in our Discord, is coming out June 23rd. Uh, the Dr. Afra audio drama is still releasing July 21st. Our first audio drama since Dooku Jedi lost. Star Wars Dark Legends from George Mann, the Pilot to Mists and Fables, was released on July 28th. Poe Dammer and Free Falls coming on August 4th. The Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark is coming on August 25th. And of course, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising got moved up to September 1st. Um All those book links are on Uteni now if you want to send your pre-orders in. And again, as we said, if you're over there and you're pre-ordering, and hey, maybe I want to order some other stuff from Amazon, all that affiliate money is going to Black Lives Matter this month, so it never hurts to get an early jump on that shopping. All right, let's jump into some book reviews. Uh, This week I decided we had no Charles, so I only picked two reviews. But (laughs) I did pick two reviews of the exact same book, and I'll give you three guesses to what it was. Never mind, it's Queen's Peril. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we have two people in our community that have already submitted full reviews for Queen's Peril because they read it already. Uh, yeah. And Corey, would you like to tackle the first one yes. from James?
2: Man, these are both really impeccable reviews you picked, man. Those are really thorough. It really goes to show that like the content that a lot of our community produces for us like on the site <laughs> with in regards to books is incredible. So let me read this yeah. first one. This is from James. This is Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnson. He gave this book five stars and called it uh, his review says the handmaiden's tale. The highlight of Queen's shadow for me was expanded roles of many of Padme's handmaidens. Queen's peril takes those characters and expands on them even further in incredible ways. The structure that E.K. Johnson used in this novel gave each handmaiden their own little moment to shine during an interlude titled with their contribution to the Amidala persona. Each handmaiden has their own distinct personality, and it was so exciting to see each one have their own small plotline. The timing of this book's release is strangely important, too. I think a good old political Star Wars story is what a lot of us could use right now. Padme's goal throughout the prequels was to fight for fairness and equality, both as Queen and the Senate, and then seeing her begin to develop into a force for change is just perfect when we're searching for more of those in our real world. Finally, I just can't believe how many surprises were thrown into this book. I was expecting a story about Padme, but what what we got in addition to that is a celebration of over a dozen other prequel characters. We even see a quick reference to the romance between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Duchess Satine. After the surprise of the first cutscene with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, I knew this book was going to give me a lot more than I could have expected. It sets the stage for The Phantom Menace brilliantly and weaves Johnson's story into the film quite well. Overall, Johnson does a, great, a wonderful job making the Handmaidens into characters of her own and weaving them into a story with characters we're familiar with. Padme feels true to the films once again, but I don't think it's possible to watch The Phantom Menace again without looking at each handmaiden in the background as their own woman.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, for those of you that have read my review already on the site, James, you nailed it. Uh, I, I think this book is fantastic. Also, as Corey said, just a superbly so well-written review. Yeah. Uh it's really work, man. It's really nicely work. done. Uh I'm going to take the next one, which is our good friend Ross, uh, Ross G, also Queen's Peril, another five-star rating. And he, he calls it, and Panaka put his face in his hands. And he says the following, Queen's Peril takes us on a journey to Naboo, where we see the first days of Amidala's reign as queen. We learn about the origins of her handmaidens, and we get to learn and grow with them as they discover their role as bodyguards to the queen. Throughout the story, we learn about Padme and why she wanted to be queen, we see what her beliefs were, and learn how she interacted with her royal court. Towards the final third of the book, we get to see how the queen and her maidens work together to keep the queen safe in times of peril. The story even has a few cameos from other well-loved characters from the era, showing, showing us what some of our favorite characters were up to before the Trade Federation blockade of Naboo. The last third of the book also contains a fantastic surprise, but no need to spoil that here for you. If you're a fan of the Star Wars prequels, this is a story for you. Um, yes, I I think that, especially saying that at the end, you know, if you're a fan of the prequels, it's it's for you. This book made me want to watch Phantom Menace every 20 pages. Like I, I'm seriously.
2: <laughs> Have you watched it yet since you finished it? I haven't.
1: I haven't had the time, but it is number one on my on my future watch list. It has to be. Yeah. Um, looking at the chat here. Uh, let's see, we got Award2204 saying, Shadowfall Hype, very excited for absolutely. Joxy is, is talking about these reviews saying, puts any review he does to shame, and can I review the books in drawing form? I think that's what you do when you make t-shirts. Uh, yeah. I think that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing, man.
2: Speaking of which, uh, we did get our t-shirt pulled from Teespring, uh... unfortunately. Uh, we we have to fight really hard for, for trademark stuff, and it's very, very challenging to produce Star Wars content or yeah. Star Wars designs and shirts in, in a place that does not imprint on trademarks. And honestly that one probably does to some degree. Um, but that's okay. We've moved it to a different platform. So if you go to UTini.com slash queen you can still get that shirt. It might not be up forever though because it looks like we're probably breaking some rules by having created it. So if you do want uh, the Queen's shadow or the Queen's shadow you want the Queen's shadow uh, shirt Queen's Peril Queen's Peril, 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 Peril shirt. And the Queen's Peril shirt you can find it at UTini.com slash Queen. It'll take you right to where you can get it. Um, we've sold a bunch of those already, so I can't wait to see, like, when we finally get to a public place like celebration. Like, I want to see somebody wearing my shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and and also like any any shirt you have, throw them up. Hashtag Uteni Fam is what we're doing lately. Um, so I know that a lot of people are are using their social media as outlets for change and progress. That's awesome. If you feel comfortable doing it for uh, a little more of a relaxing thing, uh, put on your shirt, hashtag Uteni fam, We would love to see you in all of those. And if you want your future reviews on this very show, look up your book, whether it's Queen's Peril or not, on utini.com. Scroll to the bottom, add your own star rating, and use review. You can also email us at livingforcepod at UTini.com, tweet at us at livingforcepod, and join our thriving #utini Discord by going to utinicom slash discord all right um coming up now in the show uh we really wanted to take as we said at the top a, a moment to talk about writers of color in star wars because a lot of people online this past week have been talking about okay i i, I want to sign petitions i want to help these protesters I want to help this movement but how can i help creators in the meantime how can i tie that into things that i love and what i want to do before we take our break here. I want to tell you about the Star Wars, the black writers we have in Star Wars, and believe me when I say, we can get through that before the break. Um, which is unfortunate, and you'll see why in a second. Um, in my research, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I have seen that as far as Star Wars novels and comics go, we have had three black writers in the history of Star Wars.
2: Only three? Three.
1: Three. Wow, that's there are like... in all of Legends, all of Canon, three. Um, all
2: right, I mean, I can, I maybe could understand it if we were just talking about Canon, but you're talking about Canon and Legends.
1: Yeah, uh, And again, I, if I, if I'm wrong, oh my gosh, I, w- I would love to be <laughs> like that. That is the hope, goal. I hope we
2: are <laughs> <laughs> believe um, we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but there is th- this this leads to an overall problem with a lot of like the publishing industry, sci-fi, fantasy, and things like that. Um, we have historically been a bit slower to accept writers of color now now we're going to talk later after the break and things about more writers of color we do have more of those um but for this week in honor of black lives matter in honor of all that's going on right now we wanted to celebrate a whole issue or a whole episode of black authors um and unfortunately it's going to be it's going to be pretty quick but nonetheless we do want to celebrate them so i want to start off by talking about probably the most familiar to a lot of us which is justina ireland um she is a current writer she is part of Project Luminous. Uh, she wrote the Flight of the Falcon series, and she is part of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. Now, Corey, that's kind of crazy because the, all the Star Wars books she has written have been part of these huge initiatives. Like, she's never written a standalone. Yeah,
2: which I would call a, a really good sign. It seems like it seems like when authors are really brought into to Star Wars, they have a wide range of projects. That makes sense. Like, like, it, like it seems like. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's how you know you're in really good graces yeah. with, <laughs> with with Lucasfilm is because they have you doing a bunch of stuff. Even if you're kind of just involved in other projects, you're you're stretched between multiple projects. Like we see that with Kevin Scott, with Claudia mm-hmm. Gray, with most of the other you know the uh, the Project Luminous authors, we see that with right. those folks because they've been around for a
1: while. Yeah, Fried,
2: Alexander Freed's another one that they really like lately.
1: Um, yeah, like Once you're in, you seem to be kind of in And if you're on these initiatives like Justina Ireland is it's, it's, It shows that the, the crew really likes you And they really like your work mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that work uh, Coming up, her most popular book I'm going to say of her career in Star Wars going forward Because if it's not, I'll be very surprised It's going to be A Test of Courage uh, That is her Project Luminous title That is now coming out next year Again, because we had those delays we talked about last week
0: mm-hmm.
1: And the synopsis is as follows when a transport ship is abruptly kicked out of hyperspace as part of a galaxy-wide disaster, newly-minted teen Jedi Vernestro Rowe, a young Padawan, an audacious tech kid, and the son of an ambassador are stranded on a jungle moon where they must work together to survive both the dangerous terrain and a hidden danger lurking in the shadows. Uh, which sounds freaking amazing. Uh it does. Real quick, I want to take a quick pause to look in the chat. Uh, Jedi Murphy just shouted out, uh the lavar burton reads podcast which has awesome excellent exposure to a bunch of black authors as well um last week again we said we we for a ghost crew episode so people would find more black-run podcasts so quick plug for the lavar lavar burton uh geordie laforge himself uh reads podcast uh honoring his reading rainbow heritage tells a lot about black authors so go check that out uh cory do you want to tell us about justina's second book
2: yeah, the other, the second one we have here is uh, Lando's luck, um, which is uh, what age group does this really fall for? Is this Those the aren't kind middle of
1: middle grade? That's what kind of seems to be her bread and butter. Yeah,
2: I forget what we, I forget what we, we call it. It's it's definitely for the middle grade group. I think we call them young readers at Utini. If that's what, if that's, what I I'm think something of. like that. Yeah. If I'm thinking that this one falls where, where it is, like, the old Legends book, they usually definitely call them uh, young readers. There's not really an official title for the age groups in Star Wars. Uteni, we've kind of had to make them up ourselves. Yeah. Um, but this one certainly falls from that group. It's kind of a middle grade. It's got a really cool-looking cover. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen the cover, it's got this got blue... It's Donald, got Donald
1: Glover Lando on that cover. Yeah, it, looks
2: it looks awesome. It looks really sick. I haven't read this one. Have you read it,
1: Eric? I haven't. I had the Flight of the Falcon books waiting for me, um, yeah. and I just haven't been able to go, because, like, the young readers... I, I don't review as much, so I'm trying to like uh, make room in my my timeline for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, but the the synopsis is an all new. It, it says it says this. It says an all new adventure starring Lando Calrissian and L3 aboard the Millennium Falcon. When a smuggling scheme goes wrong, Lando faces an opportunity to do what's right or do what's best for Lando. If he's <laughs> lucky, he can do both.
1: I mean, typical Lando. Uh, we haven't gotten nearly enough uh Lando yet in can again we had last shot by Daniel Jose older which we will talk about later and then Lando's luck here um but I'm sure that going forward we're going to get a little more Lando uh going on and we'll talk about him later on in the show uh and then finally Justina wrote spark of the resistance which we've talked about before It was one of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker books, uh, which featured Rey, Poe, Rose, and BB-8 landing on Minfar. They meet the local Zixon and attempt to protect them against encroaching the First Order. After all, what is their resistance for? Anyway, uh, Justina wrote a really nice book there about the teamwork of of, uh, our main sequel trilogy heroes. Uh, And we've talked about that one again at length a bit on this show. But if you haven't picked that one up again... We got Amazon links. We got affiliate links on utini.com. Check them out. Uh, You can give money to a good cause and support Justina directly as well. Uh, I also want to mention her non-Star Wars work. She's been plugging a lot on Twitter lately. She's written the books Dread Nation and Deathless Divide. I do believe one of them is like $3 on Kindle right now. So if you want to support these authors in Star Wars, check out their other work as well. Uh, As much as we like to live in Star Wars all the time, every once in a while they might need a break write something uh, a little original. Now, uh, Corey, can you take us to our second black author uh, who is a Legends author, actually, that we found?
2: Yes. Um, this is Stephen Barnes. Uh, Jared Mays is in our chat. Jared <laughs> runs uh, Legends Look Back Podcast. It's a Patreon podcast we have at Utini. Um, so here is, your, <laughs> here is your Legends. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> Here's your Legend of black author. It's uh, Stephen Barnes. He wrote The Cestus Deception, um, which was, I think, think i've read this one if i remember correctly it's been a long time since i've read it but i think i have read it um this is the synopsis it says this is why i think i've read it this synopsis sounds really familiar um it says uh, set during the clone wars the story follows jedi knights obi-wan kenobi and kit fisto and their adventures as ambassadors on the planet of ord Cestus, which has started producing so-called jedi killer droids while Obi-Wan Kenobi takes the diplomatic approach with the leadership, Kit Fisto and a clone trooper squad start recruiting and training fighters from the working class of the planet to incite a rebellion. Should Obi-Wan, or should Obi-Wan fail? Uh, while they deal with the intrigue and politicking of the locals, as well as intervention by the Sith minion Asajj Ventress, a love affair forms between one of their clone trooper bodyguards, Nate, and a female pilot who is attracted to the clone template Jango Fett. Tell me, that is tell me, give me a more legendary
1: sounding synopsis. <laughs> it's like, so gloriously legend. I think it, this was like 2004. Um oh If I sound if, if I if I remember correctly, but this is this is um, Stephen Barnes' only Star Wars book. He wrote. I mean, he's been writing since the 80s, so he has a huge bibliography. Um, so if you like the Cestus Deception, you want to help him out a little more, and you want to see more of his work, you can go into a bunch of different places. But yeah, man, that is. That is some legends ass legends. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, mean, it is. And also, who's not attracted to the clone temple of Jango Fett? Come on, that's
2: right. Oh, Glorious. and you know, it's fun to note here that we don't have a lot of Kit Fisto stuff. Which, in in some ways, I think, like, is the, is the guy that voices him a black guy? Phil in, Lamar, in the yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna yep. say he has a he has a, a very distinct voice. Yeah, I would Phil say. Lamar, so, he's great. Yeah, I would say that, you know, it's very interesting how, how human race comes across in Star Wars, I think, throughout, yeah. um, is because, like, like, you get influence of voice and sound across a, a variety of, like, species and accents come across in certain mm-hmm. alien species and that sort of thing, and, like, uh, that deep sort of resonating voice of Kit Fisto certainly fits, oh. fits the voice actor well, so yeah. I like
1: it. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff, uh. And now our last black writer, uh, because again, we're already at the end here in Star Wars. Um, again, we, after the break, we will talk about how we can do better with this. But our last black author we want to talk about is a really beloved author to us already. And that's Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, she is uh, a Black Heritage and Native Heritage as well. Um, and she wrote the lauded book last year, Resistance Reborn. Uh, one of our favorites of the year. One of the best-reviewed Star Wars books in a while. Uh, she's also writing the mall story for the upcoming clone war stories of light and dark. So I'd say we're going to see her for quite a while in star Wars. What do you think, Corey?
2: Yeah, I think, I think Rebecca run has certainly earned her place amongst the sort of lead riders in star Wars right now. We ha- we had the pleasure of interviewing on her, on her on the show. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a lot of fun talking to her. She seems to really get it. She seems to have a lot of connections to, um, uh, like like ethnic culture it's it was very cool. I mean, she was really yeah. fun to have on the show
1: her research um and i mean obviously her the life she's lived she's exposed to so many different kinds of traditions, and she really has such reverence For all these different traditions that she's grown up with, and she puts them into her work in really amazing ways. Um, So yeah, go get that interview a listen if you want to get more into her process. And I'm sure uh, as she keeps writing, she's gonna keep putting that more into Star Wars to help expand people's points of view even more. And that's one thing we're gonna talk about when we come back: is why it's so key to get more black authors in our favorite universe for what they can do to expand our minds even further in the expanded universe. (laughs) Ha ha! See what I did? All right. (laughs) On that note, my friends, uh, we're going to take just a couple minutes take a quick break we'll be back with more right after this
0: what's up everybody this is jared mays host of legends look back on a recent episode of legends look back about darth bane path of destruction featuring your living force host eric eilerson himself we talked about how much darth bane was enamored with the ancient sith lord darth Revan. You know who I'm talking about. If you've played Knights of the Old Republic, and if you've played it 10 or 12 times like I have, then you, like me, and like Darth Bane, love Revan. The fact of the matter is, if you want more KOTOR, there's a few great options for you in the Expanded Universe. I'd like to give a few recommendations if you love Knights of the Old Republic. First, I'd like to recommend John Jackson Miller's Knights of the the Old Republic comics. Featuring Jedi Padawan Zane Carrick. The series is expansive and massive and totally worth sinking your teeth into. And has a great story arc featuring everything that KOTOR has to say concerning the Mandalorians. You can really dive deep into the Mandalorian side of things during that conflict. Second on the list, of course, is Drew Karpishan's titular book Revan. One of the four Old Republic Legends books. Revan, in a certain way, is a standalone book. However, I would recommend having played KOTOR 1 and 2 before reading it. Loved by some, uh, considered mediocre by others. But if you love KOTOR, there's plenty of Revan in there for you to enjoy. Third, of course, as we talked about on Legends Look Back, you can read the Darth Bane trilogy. What more is there to say? Come on. Darth Bane is an excellent series of books. Fourth on the list if you're not counting the trilogy, as three entries, as I'm not. And I'm making this list, so who cares? I'd like to recommend the Tales of the Jedi comics, some of the early entries by Dark Horse in the 90s. This really features all of the backstory stuff that forms the the foundational lore of KOTOR. It's got and Nad and Nagasato and Exar Kun and Nomi Sunrider. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can, if you read them. And finally... A more modern pick would be Karen Gillan's Darth Vader series, some canon comics, and then from there you can go on into the Dr. Aphra series. I'd like to recommend those because HK-47 is everybody's favorite murder droid, unless you want to choose one of the many other wonderful, incredible murder droids in the Star Wars universe. The Darth Vader and Dr. Aphra series introduces BT-1 and Triple Zero, they're like the Evil, murderous R2 and 3PO, they're incredible. You're going to love them. Let me know if there's anything else that I'm missing from my list. What else can you enjoy if you love Knights of the Old Republic? Let me know in the Discord, and in the meantime, may the Force be with you.
1: And we are back! Welcome everyone uh, again to our Living Force episode focused on celebrating and uplifting black authors in Star Wars. Uh, Before the break, we actually went through every black author in the history of Star Wars, all three of them. Uh, (laughs) Took like 10 minutes. (laughs) Exactly. So this part of the show, we want to talk about a couple different things. Number one, we want to talk about some other amazing writers of color in Star Wars and celebrate their work. We also want to tell you how you can directly support these authors and uh, black-owned bookshops, black-owned comic shops, other people in the publishing industry uh, right now. And then we want to talk about the future of Star Wars because we truly believe this is something that is going to get better in Star Wars and can expand and talk about why that's important and how we think it's going to happen. But first off, I actually want to flip my own order. And start off with something that seems a little odd. I'm going to tell you to buy books somewhere else that's not through Utini. I know. Uh, Very antithetical to what we do. Um, Like we said at the top of this show, if you do continue to use our affiliates to buy books for the next month, um, we will be donating that money to Black Lives Matter. But if you want to help support independent bookstores that are owned by uh, black owners that are running them in your own local city, I would highly recommend you guys head over to bookshop.org. This is a place that's kind of Like Amazon-ish, you can or barnesandnoble.com more so, you can buy your books there. But then you can select which individual bookshop you want to buy it from. So they will get the money online. You don't have to go anywhere, especially in these COVID times. But you can help support local bookshops. And if you want to go over to places like lithub.com, they have lists over there of black-owned independent bookstores. And there's some other ones like that we'll talk about later on the show. But any of these books we're talking about, they sound really cool. You can absolutely use our affiliates if you want to help donate, or you can go directly to those sources uh, and help those owners in that way. All right, now that I have officially cut off our funding for at least a month, um, yep. let's continue uh, with the celebration of some authors. Uh, Corey, uh, we talked a little bit about our first author of color uh, here. Do you want to talk about him officially now for us?
2: Yeah, we can talk about talk about this guy a little bit. Daniel Jose Older is... Uh... Really a cool guy. Uh, he's really so him, rad. <laughs> we really got to get him on the show sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, but He's written some really interesting stuff. Last Shot, I remember that that is the sort of, it's the adult novel that was surrounding the marketing pitch for the solo film. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very interesting, a little divisive in some ways. Uh, a lot of folks were not really crazy about the back and forth um, sort of time stuff that happens in the book but it's a really really good book it's it's got a horror vibe which is mm-hmm. awesome yeah um and I, I think in general i had a pretty positive experience with the book um and, and daniel jose older has only been a fanboy like about it like every every yeah. time i've ever seen him in a video or an interview or something he's really Excited to be here and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing about Daniel Jose Older too, if you don't know, he was like a registered EMT for years. He was um he's basically a hero. Yeah, he's a he's a literal hero. He's actually saved lives and he writes kick-ass Star Wars novels. Um, uh, including also the upcoming High Republic Adventures, which is uh the Star Wars Adventures comic from IDW that's gonna be all about the High Republic. Again, delayed for now, but it is coming. Um, (laughs) yeah and he seems so freaking stoked about his characters already like he's talking about them and he treats them like they're his like like his kids you know like he's like he loves them so freaking much
2: that's funny joxy just said in the chat that uh him and uh, jose older share a birthday which is pretty cool oh whoa daniel jose
1: and jose same day
2: that's right there you go
1: phenomenal um and speaking of the man that that shares Joxley's uh middle name and birthday uh some of his non-star wars work if you guys want to check that out uh he writes the shadow shaper series uh which is a cool kind of like uh fantasy series and then the dactyl hill squad for uh is a kid series that he writes um with kids of color that are time travelers and it's freaking awesome it's so cool uh, a lot of the elementary schools do a lot of book tours about it so highly recommend him there uh, next on our list, uh, we have Zoraida Cordova, which is a, a really cool author. I was able to see her do a um, a book panel with Rebecca Roanhorse right when COVID first hit, uh, talking about her latest non-Star Wars novel that she wrote. But last year, she wrote Crash of Fate, which a lot of us really enjoyed because, Corey, we really thought that was going to be kind of a chill for a Disney book and it ended up being a really fun it, YA novel. yeah
2: it was like it really has a lost or lost stars kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. it's like a, a romance like it it's, it's a really good one I actually really enjoyed it I think I read the whole book in one sitting like I'm pretty oh yeah sure it's did.
1: definitely one of those um
2: yeah, it was good I mean it's a longish book but like it's 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 su- super good and yeah uh, Cordova has done some pretty cool stuff too she also wrote um one of the short stories in From a Certain Point of View, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And that was kind of her first little little foray into Star Wars, if you will.
1: I'm so glad you said foray. I'm like, say it, say foray.
2: Foray into <laughs> Star Wars, if you will. Yeah. Um, I, the, you yeah. have in your show notes here the two sister thieves escaping from Tatooine. I do not remember this. What is Yeah.
1: So this was like they were they were in the cantina watching stuff happen, and they were trying to basically steal a ship to escape and ah. throughout her story yes it was like two sisters trying to steal and thieve their way so it was a it was a character type we'd seen before but a relationship that was kind of unique uh it was it was really well written again from a certain point of view it was great because it has some really cool stories in it and it has some other stories in it, other um, but I, <laughs> I like. That's uh, right, Preaching that positivity
2: funny. here at Uteni.com, exactly. 100. That's right. There's really
1: great ones, and then there are other. Um, but uh, <laughs> an audiobook. I, pick exactly. up an
2: audiobook. I've said this a thousand times. Yes. If You're going to listen to from a certain point of view. You got to pick it up in audiobook form because, like, the voices, the aliens, it's 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 incredible. Actually, the, yeah. It's a, it's quite the experience. Like Sometimes you're going to be like, man, this story is really getting old in this Kubaz's voice. But other times you're going to be <laughs> like, man, this guy has a Kubaz voice. So it's, yeah. it's, it's fun.
1: Uh, and seeing Cheryl in the chat, she says, did someone say romance? Uh Yes, we did. A Crash of Fate, similar to Lost Stars, also has a pretty sexy cave scene. So if that does. doesn't entice you, Then nothing will. Uh, Also, Zerata Cordova has written a ton of um, novels outside of Star Wars. She had a recent release called Incendiary. So, again, if you want to check her out, um, non-Star Wars books also give them a lot of money. So help them out if you can. Uh, Following that, we have Alyssa Wong, who is a new author to Star Wars because she wrote – I don't know if you read this, Corey – the recently delayed slash digitally released slash eventually print released, uh, Dr. Aphra relaunch comic.
2: I have like, not read a single relaunch comic. My local uh, comic shop is like just now opening back up and I haven't called to get on all their, all their stuff again. I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and do the digital thing. Like you did, it, Eric.
1: It, it, it's tough because obviously like COVID, um, uh, messed with so many publishing schedules, comic shops, especially being like a, such a weekly thing and such a social buying activity. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did pick it up. Uh, it, it was really fun. Uh, she did a great job with the character starting off. Um, obviously, has a, a deep tie to Afra, who is again a character of color. Um, and Alyssa Wong also has written a ton of short stories in her life, and she wrote for Overwatch, like the game. Um, so if you're a fan of some good old multiplayer gaming uh, from Blizzard, pick up her comic, read some Afra. Um, and not to keep us on an Afra train, but I guess I am. Uh, to, to, to kind of round out this segment, we have Sarah Kuhn, who's writing the adaptation of Kieran Gillen's Afra story into the Dr. Afra audiobook later this summer.
2: Audio and drama.
1: Audio drama! Yeah, technically, audio... right? I, I failed my own outline. You're right. <laughs> um i'm so psyched for this man i am too man <laughs> i
2: i can't be more excited for any other projects like I, I don't think there's another project that you could announce to me that would get me more excited than an other than audio dramas like there's so yeah. much fun oh my god i love count i love the dooku book it was awesome it was mm-hmm. so fun and i'm really excited for this one too and i don't think they've announced like the full cast and stuff yet have they like
1: not as far as i know as cast members all they've announced is as sarah coon and they had a great um uh video of her like giving a little message on how, how excited she was about it which was really fun um she clearly has a lot of love for the character and she clearly has a lot of love for star wars coming in for the first time uh because previously she's written a lot of other cool things like the heroin complex which if you need uh some asian american superheroes fighting crime and being awesome then you gotta check that out uh because when i and the reason we keep bringing up all these other Books that they read are are a couple reasons, but I want to let you guys in on something that E.K. Johnston told me in our interview, if you haven't listened to it yet. I asked her how Queen's Peril came about, and she had a couple reasons. Like, it was the first book she actually pitched to Lucasfilm back in the day, um, but she also said it's because people loved Queen's Shadow so much, and it's because people bought it. It's that simple. So these authors, if we want more authors of color, if we want more black authors in Star Wars— it's pretty simple. we, we got to buy their books. You know what I mean? Yeah, and totally. if you can take some of that money uh, that you have sitting around, I, I guess people have piles of money in this uh, metaphor, um, and, and actually support these authors of color and buy their other work, Delray's going to see that. They're going to see their books going up the charts. They're going to see that fans want to read their stuff, and that's how we're going to get them in a galaxy far, far away. Um, which leads us into another ep- Part of this episode, which is how can we do better in the future? Uh, obviously, we are not hiring Star Wars authors. Corey, you're not. I'm not.
2: I, I wish don't think. I was. We don't Man. have that
1: power yet, do we?
2: Not, not as far as I know. I'm unless I've not. gotten some kind of secret promotion um, somewhere
1: along the way. <laughs> but uh, we do have the power, at least to, you know, buy some more novels. And out of universe, this comes down to literally seeking out more people of color and realizing that they bring a unique perspective to the world uh Corey you talked about this a little bit earlier but Mm -hmm. what would you say like can we expand on that a little bit what do we mean when we say that that they they bring a unique point of view
2: so uh, this kind of goes on what I was trying to say earlier maybe let me see if I can do it a little more eloquently this time so in Star Wars we have a depiction of race and culture and language we have that depiction it's not quite the same as we have on earth right with you know on earth yeah. we have different cultures different countries different continents different colored skin mm-hmm. like in star wars we have a very similar concept it's just yeah
1: it's more like xenophobia there's like people don't yeah. like wookies or we don't like uh-huh. this but like and it, it's and the same it, it's,
2: concept, though.
1: Yeah, but as but as we've seen here, though, in the, in Star Wars books, it's been a lot of white people trying to write about racism.
2: It is. It is <laughs> a lot of white people about racism, and it's like, okay, well, how can we make everybody understand that racism is bad? All right, the Empire enslaved the Wookiees, and we're going to put them in handcuffs and push them around and zap them with little taser sticks, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's how it's depicted, and that's, that's like the only way it's depicted. And, like, I just, I just feel like I just feel like people of color, like the influence that real culture, like life, like Earth culture has on like aliens in their cultures in Star Wars is just super profound. Like there's, there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of a really good, I'm trying to think of a good example dropping off yeah. my head.
1: Well, and, and, and it's tough because. We, okay. We okay I, I do,
2: I have yeah. one. I have go, one. I have one. Go so then. In, in In the Rise of Skywalker, the, <laughs> yeah. the festival, right? Yeah. The, uh, the what was it the called? Akiyaki. The festival? Yes, the Aki Aki festival. I can't remember who they said they based that off of, but that like that large scale dancing, like that is yeah, obviously and the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's obviously very inspired by Earth culture, right? Yeah. and you know, white European culture is kind of boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have we, we that get it. Thing. Yes, yeah. like
1: and, and, and there's a point like you have people like like John Boyega who has a Nigerian culture too that he like got to. Yes, you know, he talks about all the time. Um that he loves to bring a little bit to fit when he could. But but now we hear like, you know, there was pushback. Like he couldn't do as much as he wanted. And if you get authors of color that have Beautiful amounts of tradition and love for other parts of human existence. Mm-hmm. They can bring that to Star Wars and make yeah. it even bigger. Like, uh, okay, it just an, makes an, sense.
2: Yes, it totally does. Another really good example we see this in other films is is Wakanda in
1: in Black Panther. Yes, yeah. in
2: Black Panther, and like the, the way that culture is depicted is really really incredible. And we just don't really have that in Star Wars, at least not with like not with like with black humans in Star yeah. Wars. Like we have a lot of humans. Human planets like Corellia and like all the quite frankly all the major planets in Star Wars are yeah. human. It's kind of hard to depict that otherwise. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we don't have a we don't have a characteristically black planet in Star Wars unless I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, as far as we know that it that is depicted like that. No. Like it's kind no. of ignored in the in the favor of alien species and things. But I think that we're we're missing a key part of human culture that can be part of yes. galactic culture. So. Yes. Um. Let's let's talk about let's spitball some kind of potential products, right? You wrote here are are in universe things. Uh, starting off, I mean, obviously this past week the man has been in front of us all week. He's been in our hearts for years. It's Finn. I mean, yeah. freaking dry Moega is an incredible dude. Like, I I I don't know how we lucked out with finding this twenty something yes. guy uh, that could be a star in Star Wars. That. Already had the history of these amazing films, and he's now going forward. Like, he wants to produce, he wants to do all kinds of things in media. He's already talking to like kids in underprivileged communities about how they can be more involved oh in the arts. Yeah, he's
2: beautiful. He has, a, he has an amazing cultural background, too. I, I can't yeah. remember what, what, where I heard this, what interview I, he said it with, but somebody asked him what his favorite project he's ever worked on. I think it was a loaded question. They were trying to get him to say Star Wars, but Naturally. it was, uh, it was something like, it was some, uh, like he, he's Nigerian, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, it was like a Nigerian film. Oh no, no. The question was, the question was, I think it was a celebration. He asked him what what movie his parents liked best. Oh yeah, he was, in. was that a celebration? I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I think
1: it was because he was like they they like they didn't know what Star Wars is
2: yes they didn't know what Star Wars is but the, yeah. he he like starred in some Nigerian film that was really really popular there and his parents like absolutely loved him in it and said it was incredible and like they were so proud of him And that was when they he they like yeah. made it in their he, he made it in their eyes he says and mm-hmm. it wasn't Star Wars it was so funny well um, and then
1: you and then you think about like he had control over more things even episode nine like he talks about why Finn's hair looked like that like why Jana yeah. had big natural hair because you actually had black actors and black artists being like okay I think this is actually what we want them to look like. This is the inspiration yeah. from actual culture.
2: Yeah. And it yeah, was so awesome. He, he, so John Boyega's had a really, really incredible background. So the pitch that I'm making is, like, obviously the guy has a lot of social outlook. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's very much involved in a lot of communities. I would love to see John get some creative control of some kind of project. Like Yeah. Like, like, we see that occasionally when, when actors sort of make the transition to director. You know, mm-hmm. uh, John Favreau is a great example. Um, Like, give John Boyega, you know, the reins a little bit. You don't have to totally make him in charge of something, but, like, I don't know, put together some sort of black initiative to, like, create some, maybe a comic line or something. Like, the, the example I actually gave in the outline here is, like, what if we had a comic called FN-2187? And that was, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what it was like to be... A stormtrooper and like mm-hmm. like and just put him in pro- charge of the project. I would love to see what he could do.
1: Absolutely. Um. And then and we also have like a Janna, an incredible character introduced in *Rise of Skywalker*. Uh, talking about a full on United Stormtrooper rebellion that gets a sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we move on. But like, there's right. so much involved in her too. And I hope that I, I want her to get a book. And guys, hire a black woman to write the book. Like. Yeah. It's, yes, for it's that out loud. simple. Yeah.
2: I think <laughs> it, the isn't the scene correct me if I'm wrong, this is so awful. I cannot believe this is even real. I think that the scene that Finn talks to Janna is the only scene in all of Star Wars that two black characters talk to each other. It is. That's that's so bad. Like, how do we have so many films and that's like the case? Yep. That's just Stupid. It doesn't it's stupid. It's not represent it's not representative of the world at all. Exactly. It's dumb. And that's what this is about. Like this is not like we're not we're not saying suppress the white actor. We're not saying, you know, you need to we need to hire more black actors. We're not saying that really. We're just saying like well, we're kind of saying that. We're not saying that, but we're saying we're saying (laughs) saying we just want we just want we just want Star Wars to be representative of what it's trying to represent. So Exactly. And you know
1: what? it's funny you talk about the film aspect of it because when we look at Star Wars TV, this is kind of what's been happening. Oh, I mean, yeah. let's talk let's talk about The Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian is full of people of color. Pedro Pascal, uh you got Carl Weathers. You got like all uh Giancarlo Esposito. You got Taika Waititi. Like you have all these guys and all these people that are making this show and they're such a diverse amazing cast. Because that's what humanity looks like. This is what the people that are yeah. making art... And it, it's clearly influenced by so many different parts of the world. You have Rick, who's directing the show. You have Deborah Chow, who's directing the show. Like, they're they're doing all these amazing things. You have freaking Jedi Temple Challenge coming up this Wednesday on the Star Wars YouTube Kids channel, uh, which stars the dude himself, Ahmed freaking Best. Uh, no,
2: okay, now this move, this move, I have to say, is yeah. probably the best thing that yes. has literally happened in Disney star Wars. Like I'm not even being sarcastic. The fact mm-hmm. that like, the only thing that can maybe make me happier is if like, if like Disney intervened in, uh, uh what's his face is the kid, Anakin, uh, what's his, what's the actor's Jake name? Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. If Disney inter- intervened in Jake Lloyd's life and like paid all his medical debt and like, right. all of this, like, like, <laughs> and like, to, like, like got him a whole bunch of therapy and helped him get his life back together and like publicly apologize for the treatment of him. Like, like <laughs> that make me might make me equally as happy. But man, bringing back Ahmed Best, the guy who had all of this this like horrible challenge from the backlash after the Phantom Menace. Like, man, what a guy! What an yeah. absolute star! Like,
1: and, and, so excited! And it's, and it's great because um the the character that he's playing uh in Jedi Temple Challenge, he got he got to create the backstory for it. He's this he's this Jedi Master. He's also the first live-action black lead of a Star Wars anything, um, and he gets to play Jedi Master Kellerin Beck, and, and story-wise, he is going to be re- related to Achmed Beck, which is the character he had a cameo of in Attack of the Clones in the bar. Like, he said somehow those two characters are related, which is ridiculously fun. Uh, but again, it, it's so cool that now, to lead the next generation of Jedi... To lead these kids, even though it's it is a kids show, it's like a Legend of the Hidden Temple show. They have this leader that they're looking to is this a strong, awesome black man that is going to lead them through all this stuff, and it makes sense. Uh, so, Bravo to the TV. Now, let's get the books on that same level. Yeah, 100%. all right. With the with the authors again, and it we, doesn't make we, it doesn't
2: make any sense that there's that there's that there's so few authors. It doesn't make right. any sense. Like, it's one thing to say that there's not enough actors, not enough screen time, blah blah blah. We can argue about screen time all day long, but like. There's literally what fifty thousand hours of content in the expanded universe, if like not more than that. Like, how is it possible we only have three black authors ever? It's a disgrace. It yeah. is. It's just like it's a terrible, terrible, stupid thing, and I don't know why it's the case. Like we have so many incredible, incredible
1: authors. I just don't know. I just don't know why. Absolutely. Absol- I mean, it, it it is part of the whole. I mean, institution of publishing uh, on Twitter today. Actually, a lot of publishers. Uh, tweeted out about the publishing industry about how it's had problems with race relations how it's had problems you know paying black authors way less than white authors how it's had problem with uh, you know only wanting black authors to write a certain kind of book too like we're, I'm gonna go down this list here real quick um, I, I asked on Twitter and, and my own personal Facebook this past week I said you know what I only basically read Star Wars books now because the time that I have and this job so by nature as we've discovered I kind of only read a lot of white people um which i want to change which i want to expand as well as the star wars universe so i asked for some recommendations for authors that we want to see in the future of star wars so i want to run down a couple here um and if they sound cool or you know them a lot uh again Support them, buy their books from these resources we've talked about before, and we're going to end this show with a couple specific places we'd love for you to support as well, as the li- so like the Living Force can kind of go out in a wave of support to uplift these black authors, store owners, and things like that. So, uh, a couple recommendations for some future Star Wars authors that I got. Uh, number one, uh, we got N.K. Jemisin, who won the Hugo Award for Best Novel in 2016 for the yeah. fifth season. Like and they, they haven't been approached by Star Wars yet, uh, which is freaking wild. Um, absolutely check that out. Uh, we have Nedio Okorfor who did write a a short story for Star Wars before, so has started in it. Uh, also has a freaking PhD. And writes a lot of like African futurism. So we're talking mm. about like you brought up Black Panther earlier. We're talking about those kind of vibes. Like, oh my God, give her the <laughs> give her <laughs> the FN
2: two and eight comic. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that sounds perfect. Absolutely. Sounds
1: amazing. Um. Also, uh, Tanahisi Coates. Uh, some of you may have heard of him. Is a brilliant essayist. He has written a lot in the Atlantic, things like that. But the last couple of years has really made his name in comics. Uh, for Marvel, he's written Black Panther. He writes Captain Freak in America. Um. There is no reason why, you know, Marvel – let's see. They own Super – oh, they own Star Wars comics. Um, <laughs> like, bring him in. Um, again, all these people these, – you're talking about those comics you talked about earlier. Boom, we got your two books. Right there. Bam. Uh, and then we have a couple other novel uh, writers that we want to talk about. Uh, Tommy Adeyemi, who wrote The Children of Blood and Bone books. We have Marlon James, who wrote The Black Leopard and Red Wolf. Again, these are all fantasy sci-fi books. We have Kay Ankrum, who wrote The Wicker King and Weight of the Stars, and Tade Thompson, who wrote Rosewater. These are all big books in sci-fi fantasy world, right? Uh, Again, all those guys, their books are all over the place, and the only way they're going to get into Star Wars is if we make enough noise that we want them, that we want to buy from them, that we want to read their works and we want to see their voices in star wars We want them to create new characters we want them to bring in new yes. planets uh, who
2: was it that told us that her friends basically got her the job at star wars one of the authors was it rebecca roanhorse i, I think it yes, was, yes, when we, it inter- was rebecca roanhorse. we interviewed we interviewed her and she told us that basically the how she ended up working for star wars is like like she said that EK Johnson and a couple other folks that she was kind of friends with already like in the writing community mm-hmm. like started kind of quietly protesting to get her a Star Wars novel mm-hmm. like and like hey this 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 uh this girl's really cool cult- she's had this cultural background like she's an excellent writer she's won these awards she's some of her works and she ended up getting offered a job to write Star Wars so what Eric is saying is exactly correct if you want to see this sort of change happen then make some noise about it like maybe yeah. we just need to pick one of these books as a utini community and <coughs> just always buy it like and and just like like start talking about it like yeah totally should. And,
1: and joxy makes a great point in the discord he, he just asked can we get these listed and provide links in the discord we will absolutely uh link these books in our discord channels on our living force channel on our living force chat channel also in the show notes of this episode i'm saying this now so we'll do it uh we will put a list of these books uh, as well as some of the resources to buy them from black owned shops and authors like that because if we've seen anything from this last week using your voice and being loud and saying what you want can have amazing effect um in all kinds of parts of life especially in the entertainment industry um which leads us to where you can get these books again to recap i know we're doing a lot more ads this this show than usual but we but it's because we actually want people that are really great not really ad for us (laughs) exactly uh so again if you want to buy the star wars books at least like we said from all our authors of color earlier at utini all that affiliate money for the month of june is going to go right to black lives matter all these other books you can look up um on a bunch of places the African American Literature Book Club again the African American Literature Book Club website uh they have a list of bookstores that are all black owned bookstores i want to give personally a special shout out to the semicolon bookstore here in chicago um they are a relatively new bookstore they also have like an art gallery within them they're owned by black women that are freaking amazing uh Here in Chicago, we're just starting to reopen a little bit. So some bookstores are doing, like, curbside pickup. And they sold out of books in a day because people love them so much. Um, But these websites have lists of black-owned bookstores and comic shops in your state. So if you want to help support them that way, absolutely do that. Again, we are going to have a list of those books in Discord. We'll have them in the show notes. Be loud. Tell tell Del Rey you want these authors. Now, one disclaimer I'm going to say before we get out of here. Don't necessarily tweet out specific books you want at authors. Um, We've had authors tell us that's a weird legal thing that if you give an author a book idea on even it's on Twitter, if they see it and if they use it in the future, that can get dicey legally because people have tried to sue authors for stealing their ideas in the past. So (laughs) as, as excited as we are about what we just said in this episode, please don't tweet book ideas at authors.
2: No speculations allowed because Disney is litigious and everyone is litigious. we sue everyone.
1: Exactly. Um, but if you're loving some of these books, absolutely tweet at Del Rey, tweet at Disney Lucasfilm, let them know you love these writers. You want to see them write in star Wars. We have three black authors in the history of star Wars books right now. Let's freaking increase that by tenfold a year from now. All right, let's, let's get that up. Let's show our support for them. Let's make this happen. All right. Um, but with that, Corey, any final thoughts on the kind of future of Star Wars publishing, where we can go from here, what we've learned in the last week, month, what can we do?
2: I I think that Disney is 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 an interesting mix of both incredibly progressive, but also incredibly behind, right? And they have a they have a long ways to go still, like for sure. They have a long ways to go. And the only thing that's gonna make that happen is is cultural voice to cultural change like our culture of straight up saying we want more black authors we want more black actors we want more you know people of color we want more cultural influence right on star wars the only way we're gonna we're gonna get this kind of change and i certainly want it i want the diversity i mean that's what makes it so much fun is like yeah it's all different like i've heard i've heard multiple people say that like one of that the one thing that they dislike about new canon, and this is wrong, and I disagree with these people, but they say that they uh, all the new canon is the same. It all runs together. It's, it all feel every single new book feels like it's the same book. And like I kind of get that to some degree, and that's why diversity is so good, is because it, it adds new dynamics and new angles and new dimensions. And the only way you can get that cultural, uh, you know, that cultural influence is to bring in the authors. that have the experience, so. Yep. I certainly welcome it, you know. If you don't welcome it, you know, GTFO. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's like... <laughs> certainly how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, like we we love the black characters we get in Star Wars. Now let's get the real people in the world. Let's get them some jobs. Yes. Let's hear what they have to say. Um, black Lives Matter. So do black writers. Let's get them into Star Wars. And my yes. friends, uh, on that, that is going to do it officially for this week's episode. Of the living force. Again, if you want to buy some of these books and help support Black Lives Matter, look up your book on Utini, click that affiliate link. Every bit of kickback for the entire month is going to Black Lives Matter. And go to bookshop.org, find your local Black-owned bookshop to help a little more directly. If you want to help out this podcast, though, you can find us over on Patreon.com/Utini. We got all kinds of shows and awesome stuff coming your way. And if you are over there already, you're an inquisitor two or up. Head to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, where we're going to hang out and just relax. If you're already on Patreon, now is the time for you to upgrade. You have time to make it into our live show, where we talk Star Wars and just hang out every week after this live show. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Drew Barano, and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric and Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD And Charles, who just came into the chat, is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Freddie, our producer. And Wes, our co-host and community manager. Thanks to Corey and Wes for podcasting with me. Thank you to all of you for freaking staying strong this week. And producing what you believe in. We support you. We love you. And as always, may the Force be with you.
0: There is no hatred